What is Montrospective? It's what we say to ourselves and our attitude towards it. We repeat mantras over and over again to ourselves. If we're doing it right, they're positive, not negative. What we say affects our attitude and our point of view. We all have dreams and goals, but how many of us know where to start to make them happen? I am fascinated by everyday people who are doing extraordinary things, and I wanted to find out why and how they were able to be successful. I spent 16 years in radio, not as a DJ, but as a promotions director. I never had an interest in being front and center or putting myself out there as a personality. Fast forward to today, I have something to say and messages from incredible people to share. Simply put, I am interested. I want to know what propels everyday people to follow their dreams in the hopes that it will inspire you to do the same. We have one life to live. Let's listen, learn, and share our journey with the world. This is Montrospective. Montrospective would like to thank our sponsor. If you're looking for a one-stop shop that offers yoga, meditation, Reiki, readings, and various other classes along with being a metaphysical store, check out Mantra in Blue Springs, Missouri off 7 Highway. Also online at mantrakc.com. My next guest has a master's degree in health education and behavior. She is also a certified health education specialist and is currently studying for her master's certified health education specialist exam. That's a mouthful. She has a passion for wellness and is on a mission to educate us all on how to feel better through both exercise and nutrition, as well as taking care of our mental health. She and her friend have created an online course called Vibrant, where they address all of this and more. She is a mom to two beautiful girls, and on a personal note, she is part of my tribe and one of the most positive people I know. Lindsay Johnson, welcome to Montrospective. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Did I get all that right? I think you did. It is a mouthful. <laughs> you sound very accomplished already. <laughs> uh, I think you made me sound better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my job. Um, so we're going to jump right into things here because you and I have known each other really not that long when you think about it. It's funny because it feels like we've known each other forever. We have so much in common um, and we just kind of clicked right away. But gosh, we've only known each other, I mean, less than six months, right? a little more than that but not oh really okay Okay. yeah I don't know maybe that's about right (laughs) who knows but it feels like a lifetime anyway so I'm excited for this interview because we haven't talked a ton about you personally and I start off every one of these interviews by asking the same thing tell me what Lindsay was like as a little girl oh well that's a great question um so I am the older of two children and I was the very shy quiet scared of everything kid. Um, and it's, it's interesting, you know, growing up as an adult and now I feel like I'm more in the spotlight, which is not necessarily my comfort zone. Um, very much an introvert by nature. Um, but as a kid, I was, I was, um, it was very timid. So my, I think as I've grown as an adult and I'm realizing that I was timid about things that I didn't need to be, that's part of my mission now is to help people to feel comfortable in who they are and that whoever they are is perfect just like that instead of being afraid to really put themselves out there. Wow. Um, 
I would never guess that you were timid. <laughs> I mean, after knowing you and the time that I have, that is not something I would have guessed. You're very open um, and very willing to put yourself out there. So was there a certain point in your childhood where that changed or did that happen much later as an adult? Um, definitely much later as an adult. And I would really say within the last five to 10 years, um, and, you know, I grew up in a very traditional Southern household um, where women and men had very specific roles. And so as I grew up, I uh, tried to do what I was in the culture that I was brought up in. And I realized that really wasn't me. So I struggled with that for a long time. Um, and I think it's, it's more when I realized, hey, just because that's what worked for your family growing up, it's okay that that doesn't work for you. And it's okay to be um, a strong woman and an independent woman and, you know, an educated woman and all of those things that um, were not as big a part of the culture of growing up as to be in the spotlight and to do something for you rather than for, to support the men in your life. So that was a big jump for me. So you mentioned, you know, growing up in a very specific type of household. Was it a household where overall health was a focus? Was that something that you were taught as a child? Or again, did that come later on in life? Um, I'd say both. Um, again, culturally speaking, fried chicken and fried fish and all of that is the staple. Um, but my parents were both very active, um, you know, always role modeled exercise and um, as times changed a little bit, eating habits changed into much healthier as well. Um, but I wouldn't say it was really a passion of mine until I got to college. Um, and I changed degrees several times in undergrad and ended up in, um, it has a really long name, human and organizational development. And then you had like a specific track. And I ended up in the health and human services track. So it was a lot of health promotion and um, I found that that was really, that struck a chord with me, that it was important, like, hey, there's a lot of things you can do to take care of yourself so that you can do the things you really want to do in life. Um, so that was really where it got jump started, I'd say. Was health and wellness always a motivator for you? Like, did you know that's what you wanted to go to school for or growing up? Did you want to no. be something different? <laughs> Um, I think as a kid, like probably every little girl goes through the period of, I really want to be a teacher, which I did do for about five years. Um, and I did, I did enjoy that as well, but it wasn't, you know, my calling the way it is for a lot of teachers. So no, I did not know that I wanted to go into that field. And it really was, um, in college where that really jumped out at me as like, Hey, this is kind of important. Um, my grandfather who lived to be 98, um, it was so funny because every time I would see him, like one of the first questions he would ask me was, what do you take for exercise? And it cracked me up because it was such a funny way to phrase the question, but it was like very clear that that was something that he felt was really important. And he did exercise well into his nineties. Um, so, you know, I, I guess in retrospect, the, family environment was supportive of healthy behaviors, but it wasn't something I thought about really until I started formally studying it in school. Well, what did he take for exercise? <laughs> <laughs> he was an avid golfer, um, but he had a stationary bike that he did. Um, he had all sorts of, you know, little 
small dumbbells and um, resistance bands and stuff that he would do at home, you know, especially as he got older, but he was just very active, him and my grandmother both, and they, um, they traveled a lot. They were just active lifestyle people. So you go to college, you are on this health and wellness kick, you know you want to do something with it. What are you doing after college, after you've gotten your degree? So after um, I got my undergrad degree, I, did, I couldn't find a job in that field. So my minor was in Spanish and I went um, and I started teaching Spanish at an elementary school. And it was actually a pre-K through 12, but I taught the elementary kids. And, um, but you know, that health and wellness piece was already, the seed was planted. So then I started doing for the staff, I started doing like health education for them. I started teaching fitness classes. I started coaching at the school. So even though my, my primary job there wasn't that, um, I found ways to <laughs> incorporate it. I've done a little bit of everything in my career because, um, after that, I moved, that was in Georgia, I moved to DC and got a job at a health technology company. So we were making products to support healthy lifestyles. So then I was in that path. So I've done a wide variety of things um, in the health and wellness field. I'm learning so much about you. I had no <laughs> idea that you were a Spanish teacher or anything like that. I mean, you really have done a little bit of everything. That's, yeah. that's kind of crazy. And it's funny that you keep saying that teaching wasn't really your calling because that's what you're doing now. I mean, you're just doing it in a different way. You're not doing it in the traditional sense in a classroom, but you are a teacher. So, you know, do you, I guess, see that, you know, more now that, okay, I may not be a teacher in the traditional sense, but I have a message to share with people. And, you know, I think it's important for them to hear it. Yeah. And as soon as I said that, I was like, well, that's not really true. Cause that's what I'm doing now, but I don't, um, I don't, not a teacher in the sense of teaching children. Um, although I still think that's important. And I think these things are very important to instill at a young age. Um, but once I had my own kids, I didn't really want to spend my days with other kids. I wanted to be with my own kids. So I, um, I'm definitely teaching a lot of stuff now, but it's with the adults. Um, I'm not really involved in the kids other than mine, but I am really pushing um, the idea with my kids and they're very active themselves. And I'm really fortunate because they go to a school that has a really strong PE program. Um, they're both very involved in sports and they're, you know, they have learned enough between me and school and the other people in their lives that they um, are for the most part making pretty healthy decisions, healthier decisions. than I'd say most kids those ages really would. Well, you've got two pretty awesome kids. Um, they're even training with you and giving you <laughs> workouts and things to do. So tell me a little bit about that, what it was like to become a mom and realize, okay, I've got to mold these two young women. And, you know, so were you from the time they could understand, you know, instilling these healthy options and things with them? You know, did they ever get to splurge? Do they ever eat fast food and things like that? Or, you know, what kind of mom are you? <laughs> well, they always joke that they, you know, when they see something, they go, oh, you'd probably like this. This is healthy. <laughs> um, but no, we absolutely 
you know, don't always eat just grilled food or, you know, just vegetables, but having a lot of exposure to that. I think that as a mom, I feel like my biggest job for them is to teach them not just how to be physically healthy, but um, I want them to not feel how I felt as a kid. Um, So that is really a driving force for me is like, well, what do you think? What are your ideas? And your ideas are valid. Um, And so, whereas I feel like that's my mission in general is that I'm trying to teach people like how to really own your personality, how to be your best version of yourself. And as a mom, I feel like that's what I'm trying to teach my kids. Like your thoughts and feelings are important. I don't have to agree with them to make them valid. Just because I think differently doesn't mean that what you think isn't important and shouldn't be considered as an option. Um, So I feel like that is my biggest driving force as a parent. Have they reached the age yet where they're really not willing to talk to you about certain things or are they still very open when they're having questions or issues or thoughts? I mean, we're in the middle of the pandemic still right now. And so I can't imagine what it would be like to be a child going through something like this to have kind of your whole life as you know it upended and not truly understand why. How have you dealt with that as a mom? You know, my kids have been, I feel like, super resilient through this. Um, And I don't know if they're just not sharing their concerns or not, but they really have, I think they have, like me, enjoyed the slower pace of life a little bit. And we have really reconnected as a family. So they're going back to school next week. And I have really mixed feelings about that. But part of it is that, okay, we're back in the rat race. Like things are busy and crazy again. and, And they need the social interaction. But I think they've enjoyed the family time um, as much as I have over the last several months. So um, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) Well, I do want to get into um, vibrant and everything in a minute, but um, one thing I did want to bring up is you've kind of been on your own spiritual journey. You and I have connected on a lot of different topics, things that you may have not been interested in before, or at least not had someone to ask a lot of questions about. What have you learned so far about yourself during your own spiritual journey? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think that in general, over the past year or so, my whole life is in transition right now, and I'm I'm kind of transitioning my focus as far as career-wise and what is really important to me and trying to shape that. And so with that, of course, comes a lot of uncertainty. And so being on this spiritual journey is a, um, I don't know the right word, it's I guess it's something comforting to me that like, okay, just because you don't see the full picture right now and things are changing and it's uncertain and you don't know what to expect, there's a bigger picture and taking comfort in the fact that it, yes, it's my decisions along the way, but they're being guided by a force that's much bigger than me that I can ever possibly understand on a rational level. Um, So I think that part has been really helpful for me. That's awesome. And I feel the same way. I started mine about two years ago. So it's funny when you you and I keep talking because I I see myself in you two years ago. And I'm like, wow, she doesn't even know yet. It's, it's, (laughs) you know, it's, it's quite a journey. And, you know, we're lucky we've got this great 
kind of little tribe of women that, um, you know, we've all gotten to know and we're from all over the world basically. But that's been something that's been really fascinating too, is just kind of like what you're teaching your daughters. We're all from different backgrounds. We all have different beliefs. We all have different um, paths in life, but we've been able to come together and kind of share this journey that we're all on and during the strangest time in history possible. So, you know, what has that been like for you to kind of meet this other group of people and you know, develop a friendship via Zoom and text messaging and Facebook and Instagram and all of that? Well, I think right now it's almost the new normal. Um, but it is, it has been amazing because I haven't met you guys in person and I feel like you're just part of the family. And I think that the, the biggest lesson that I've taken from that is really finding people who truly unconditionally support you. So doesn't mean they have to agree with everything you say. It doesn't mean they have to be on the same path, but really truly supporting and empowering each other. And I think that that's what our little group um, has done and definitely has done for me. And it's such a, a great feeling of, knowing that you're accepted no matter like just for who you are. So again, it goes back to my whole mission of just be yourself. You're the only one who can really truly be you. And that is beautiful. And that just because we don't always all see eye to eye on every issue doesn't mean that one person is wrong and one person is right. It seems like such a simple concept, but we're in a time and in a world right now where people seem to thrive on negativity and this, you know, cancel culture that we're in and all of those things. So you're about to branch out and do something completely different. You're, you're going to be putting yourself out there. I've taken your course already. I was kind of a part of, you know, the early stages of it, the test, the test crew of it, but you're, you're going to be launching it. And that's, you know, a lot of pressure. Um, how do you normally deal with criticism that comes across? Um, that's a great question. So there always is some, and you, you have to take it with a grain of salt. So sometimes the criticism you learn from it and go, Oh, well, that's a really good idea. I hadn't even considered doing it that way or, you know, that's great. But when it's negative without being constructive, you have to think, well, okay, what is the reason for them saying this? Are they saying this just because they're feeling negative in general? Or is there really something that I could improve on from that? Um, so I try not to take it too personally. It's not always easy. Um, not everybody agrees with the things that I'm doing or the message that I'm sending. And that's okay. They don't have to, as long as I feel good about it. What inspired you to create this new course? So this new course, and there will be more coming, but this initial one is really basically an introduction to wellness as a whole. And that wellness is a lot more than just going to the gym or eating healthy. Um, and that there's a whole lot of pieces of that and building on the strengths that everyone has innately and how to the areas where we may be weaker in how to spend a little more time focusing on some balance there, but not beating ourselves up for the things. I think that a lot of people 
if they're uh, not at all physically active, then they have this negative self-perception about, well, I don't like to work out or I, you know, I should do this. I should do that. And as you know, that, that is one of the key concepts to me is I eliminated the word should from my vocabulary several months ago, and it has been life-changing. So we put a lot of self-pressure on ourselves of the things we should be doing that we feel like we ought to be doing. And if we don't do them, then we feel bad about ourselves. Um, so this course was designed to eliminate the shoulds. Here's some education about the different topics of wellness. If there's one area where you feel like you want to improve, let's work together to improve that. Let's enhance the areas that we are already doing really well in. And let's not beat ourselves up. You know, nobody is perfect. Nobody's going to do everything perfectly every time. And that's okay. It's all about balance and building these wellness habits for you to be able to achieve your most vibrant life. So what is it that you really want out of life? How can you be the very best version of you? And in order to do so, having some basic wellness habits along the way so that you can live a productive but healthy life and not feel sick all the time or miserable all the time. What's your best tip to tell people regarding habits? Because, you know, I'm 44 years old. I've developed a lot of habits my entire life and probably not great habits. I mean, we've, we've talked about that during the course and stuff too. And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up on the health and wellness journey is that they do something, you know, they make a change for a week and they feel really good. And then, like you said, they, they make, you know, one different decision and they just kind of fall off and, and go back to the old habits again. So I think uh, the statement is it takes 21 days to develop a new habit, a new way of doing things. Is that the way you kind of approach it? Or what would you tell stubborn people like me who, who really do want to make the changes but struggle? Uh, that's a good question. I'm actually in the middle of reading Atomic Habits right now, if you've heard of that by James Clear. And it has a lot of different theories. I'm still... I'm still in the middle of it, so I haven't finished it, and I'm trying to work out what I think that I agree with and what I think that I don't. But more than anything, to build a new habit is a shift in mindset. So if, again, going back to the exercise one, because I think this is an area a lot of people struggle in, you know, if you're not currently doing anything exercise related or movement related, I don't even like to call it exercise or working out because it doesn't have to be going to the gym. It doesn't have to be lifting weights. It doesn't have to be, you know, attending a Zumba class, whatever. It can be anything that gets your body moving. So if you shift the mindset of why do you want to make that change? I mean, you're not just saying, oh, well, I'm going to start exercising because I want to. No, you have to want to. Like you have to have a reason for why you want to make a change and then come back to that as far as how that's going to motivate you. And it has to be it sometimes it could start with an extrinsic motivation like, oh, I'm trying to win a challenge or lose five pounds or whatever. But ultimately in order for it to stick, it has to be intrinsic motivation. So you have to be able to motivate yourself to do it even when you don't want to and it comes from the bigger picture so what is the purpose for doing this and even starting with a small habit of okay well every day I'm going to go on a walk for 10 minutes and it just becomes part of your routine and you 
schedule it in and nothing can change that schedule. And once it starts becoming habit because you do it repeatedly and you then it, you can build on it and go from there. Yeah, sounds really good. <laughs> you, I mean, you and I have talked a lot about this and everything you say makes sense. And it, it becomes, it ultimately is your decision. You have to make that commitment to yourself, to your own health and wellness. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy how we're willing to commit to the things that we really enjoy. Like for me, I committed to meditation and, and mindfulness and all of those things because it came naturally to me. Exercise was super fun as a kid. I was super active and loved doing all sorts of things. Now as an adult, if I'm climbing the stairs up and down, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> You know, so it's, you're, you're going to have to keep on me and I encourage you to do that. And, you know, a lot of it is your mindset. We've talked a lot about that too. I have, I have drilled it into my own mind that I am better at taking care of myself, exercising, et cetera, when I'm held accountable to someone, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's just what I've trained my own mind to accept that I'm not strong enough to do it myself. So I have to have someone else hold me accountable, but that's a lie I'm telling myself. It doesn't have to be that way. It's the excuse I'm giving. But if it, if that's what helps you get and stay on track, I mean, there's another piece of it is that you have to find something that you enjoy doing because if there's no pleasure from it. So one of the things he talks about in atomic habits is also habit stacking. So if you don't like exercise, but you feel like I want to improve my exercise for my overall health, you can do it and then immediately after associate it with another habit that you do enjoy. So maybe you exercise for 10 minutes and then you meditate because you know you want to meditate. But in order to reward yourself with that, so to speak, you do it, you associate them together. So then it also helps the habit that you're trying to learn um, and when you associate it with something positive. So I kind of like that tip in his yeah, book. too. That's a great tip. I never thought of doing anything like that. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll give that a shot. <laughs> but it's also can be something as simple as like you mentioned, taking the stairs. Okay, well, if I'm going less than X number of floors, like three floors in a building, I'm going to always take the stairs. I'm not going to take the elevator. And it becomes a habit and then you don't think about it. And it's sometimes those little tweaks that start off as like, okay, I'm just going to take the stairs when I go in a building. And over time you start building that mindset of, oh, well, I'm always going to take the stairs or I'm going to park a little further, or I'm going to do an extra loop around target before I check out or whatever that start the snowball effect. Okay. Going to give that a shot too. <laughs> And I had, I had really gotten the, the habit of taking the stairs everywhere I went, but of course now we're not going as sure, many places. And I think I told you this story, um, but I'll tell everybody now. I have a really good friend who lives in Arkansas, known each other since we were kids. And, you know, her and I are on the struggle bus when it comes to exercise. We both have uh, some weight we want to lose. We want to feel better, all of those things. So we had made this deal that every day at two o'clock she would call me and we would go on a walk. 
And we would just talk to each other on the phone and that would make it go faster and it would be enjoyable, kind of almost like that reward type scenario. Okay, I'm going to walk and talk to my friend who I don't get to talk to nearly as often as I want. And the very first day, very first day, we planned on doing it. It was raining in both of our cities. So, you know, it was just like, okay, well, the universe is trying to tell us to be fat. So, you know, <laughs> not the case. I know it's a joke, but it, it made us laugh because here we are. We like, we've got this grand plan, this great idea. It's going to be awesome. And then it just was storming in both places. So go figure. We've yet to do it. So I got to give her a call, get out there, do some walking before the weather turns south. <laughs> Um, so you've got another course for Vibrant coming up soon and people will be able to, uh, check it out on social media. I'll make sure to link to all of your pages so people know, uh, when and where they can sign up, but what can people expect from the course? Okay. So, uh, myself and, um, one of my great friends, Kendra, uh, we decided to do this course together and using, the strengths that both of us had. So it's really an overview of wellness. We touch on all sorts of topics. So physical, emotional, spiritual, environmental, financial, all sorts of things that some people don't even associate with wellness. So it's an introduction to those. We talk about how to make smart goals, which are making goals that are where they are actionable and realistic, time sensitive. Um, so it's, if Again, you're starting out on an exercise journey. You're not going to go from doing nothing to running a marathon next month. How can you get started on the process? So taking things into bite-sized chunks, making them realistic. And um, so the course helps people make those goals, talk through the goals together. It's really a chance for the group to support each other more than anything. So we provide information on the different topics, but then for the group to connect and say, well, I tried this and this was a really neat idea. Oh, I never thought of that. Um, so the group dynamic to be really the most important factor in supporting each other to make healthy changes, to stay accountable for those healthy changes, to um, you know, find new ways to do things and get an overview of wellness and how to really live your most vibrant life and how can you be the best version of you by making healthy choices in the day to day. That's what I thought was really cool about it is there were women in there and it's not just open to women, men can join too, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the women that were in my group were at all different points of their health and wellness journey. So it was kind of interesting to hear tips from other uh, ladies in the group and stuff too. Um, it was motivating. And I think that's so much of success these days is that we get stuck in the mindset that we have to do everything on our own and we don't. There are support systems out there and programs like this provide it. And again, here we are meeting more people from all around you know, the world, the US and everything. And we're finding that we all commonly share the same struggles, the same wins, you know, all of those things. We're a lot more alike than we are different. And I think that's super refreshing during this whole time that we're in. So I, I thank you for putting something like that together because you know, I've read every book there is, I've watched every YouTube video and everything, but there's something about the personal exchange of, of people that are on the same, same journey. So I think that's really cool that you created that. 
Well, thanks. And I think the we start off the course with the phrase, you are enough. So coming into it, knowing that whatever your goals are for this course, you're already great, just how you are. There is no should. We're not beating ourselves up if we don't do things the way that we have in our mind is the right way to do things. So everybody's beautiful just the way they are, how they start on day one. Our mission is to help you become a better version of yourself so that by the end of the six weeks that you are really embracing your where you started from, but doing whatever it is you feel driven to do to enhance that and to make yourself even better. Well, and starting off with just the little tips, like you said, taking should out of your vocabulary. It's a lot harder than you would think it would be. You don't realize how many times you say it in regards to anything until you start holding yourself accountable for it and you recognize when you say it and then you try to you know change it and go okay I'm not going to say that I'm going to say I'm going to do this or you know whatever the case may be but it's again it's changing your mindset that's back to the mental health of everything it's it's letting yourself know that you are good enough you can do it you are capable um we just we have a bad habit of telling ourselves a lot of lies in our head our brains are pretty overactive so if you can start making those small changes they're going to start mounting up to, to good result what's the most important thing you want people to know about your journey in life and what you have found is your purpose in helping others i think really it, it is comes down to that you are enough just the way you are and it has taken me a very long time to accept that I was not always very good at criticism and, you know, internalizing a lot of, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And feeling really bad about all of the things that other people told me I was doing wrong, um, which to, for their journey, it wasn't right. But for my journey, it was. Um, so taking, learning to be okay with who I am and knowing that I'm not perfect, I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. Mistakes are how we learn. This is what I try to tell my kids all the time. You will make mistakes. I will not agree with everything you do, but that is okay. And so really learning that for myself and trying to make other people understand that. I think also that women tend to internalize some of that more than men. So I, I hear from a lot of women, especially in regards to relationships, that they feel like they have bent over backwards for their spouse or significant other. And in the interim, they have jeopardized their own personality. So I think my mission from what I've learned is not to do that, to be truly who you are. If you won't, don't do that from the beginning, then you find yourself later on being resentful because you don't feel safe and supported enough to be yourself. And then there's conflict there. So really learning who you are, embracing who you are, knowing you're not perfect and that's okay. And nobody else has to agree because nobody else has to live your life in your shoes. That is such a beautiful message and so much to unpack there, especially as women who we do and tend to internalize a lot of things. And, you know, while people say that women are super emotional, there's a lot we keep inside too. There's a lot we don't uh, deal with in the ways that we should. So I'm happy your course will help um, people identify those, those issues and work to change them because it is, it is a mind shift. 
And it makes all the difference in the world when you can actually come to terms with, I'm, I'm pretty badass. I'm a pretty cool person. And if somebody doesn't want to be around me, that's fine. But I'm going to own myself and own who I am. And that's that. Take it or leave it. So that's powerful. So looking into the future a little bit, you've got vibrant going. You're affecting all of these lives. Men and women are telling you thank you for helping to change their trajectory in life. How do you define success for yourself? I think for me, it's really knowing that I'm speaking my truth. And if I can help other people realize those hard learned lessons that you are okay, just how you are, that is uh, really powerful to me. So in our last course, we, you know, had somebody respond on a post survey saying that the you are enough was life-changing for them. And so to me, we were going, okay, we've done our job. You know, we, we impacted somebody's life. That really is important. Um, I'm also doing a lot of writing for some magazines and some websites all on the health and wellness realm. And so to me, I feel like if I can help share the things that I know and have learned, not always uh, the easy way, if I can help somebody else take that step earlier in their life or even where they are right now, that that is successful to me. If I can impact anyone in a positive way, that is success. Feels really good to find your purpose, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> well, we talked about that early on when I first met you. I first met you because you were actually trying to figure it out what it is that you really wanted to do. And you thought, well, maybe it's a podcast. And I had just got this podcast launched. And so we were, you know, sharing ideas back and forth about what to do and everything. And to watch you bloom into this, you know, incredible person who, again, you have found your purpose in life is to help educate others and help get them on the path to being their authentic selves. That's just the message in all of this for everybody, whether you find it in a career and something that you want to do, or whether you just treat people good every day of your life. I mean, that's kind of the message I think in all of this is that we just have to help each other. If you, and if you've got a strength, you've got a health and wellness background. So that's what you're using to help others. You know, I'm got a platform here where I'm sharing everyone's stories and I'm, you know, encouraging people to follow all of you and to get all of that motivation and inspiration and everything. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we met and I'm happy that we're all on this track together of being positive, happy people, sharing amazing informa information with each other. Again, I, I encourage everybody when Vibrant becomes available again, we'll definitely share all of that. And I think if you are in the beginning of your journey, and you know, by journey, I mean, you're just maybe a little stuck, whether it's about health or whether it's about wellness, like Lindsay said, they cover a little bit of everything. There's something for everybody in this course. It's not just about eating the right foods or moving your body, but it is about you know, mental health and financial success and all of those things, um, I think people can get a lot out of it. So yay, Lindsay. 
Yes. And Kendra. Can't and forget Kendra. Kendra. <laughs> she's fantastic too. She has all the strengths that I don't have. So she's an accountant by profession. So the financial piece is not a strength for me. I know enough to get by, but she thrives in that. So, you know, that's how we've used our strengths to combine forces and the areas that she knows more about, she leads, and the areas I know more about, I lead. <laughs> And that's the way it is for all of us. Everybody's got strengths and weaknesses and we all lean on each other to be the best versions of ourselves. Right. So we've reached the point, Miss Lindsay, where I'm going to ask you to find your retrospective. We all allow outside events to affect our mood and I'm going to give you a scenario and you're going to have to find the good in it. Find two positives at least and tell me what you think. Yours, I think, is gonna be pretty easy. I am positive you have experienced this. So, you have big plans for the weekend that include lots of outside activities with your kids, but an unexpected storm rolls in and ruins your plans. Find your retrospective. Uh, it's funny you say that because as you speak right now, there is a huge storm outside, and I was planning to do some stuff outside today. So, very relevant. <laughs> Um, and, and as you know, for me, being outside is the ultimate thing that makes me happy. So when I'm stuck inside, I'm, I'm not as happy. So this is a good scenario. Uh, I, but I think in this instance, it's okay, well, how do we learn to be resilient in this moment? What can we do? Change of plans. Let's find something else to do that will be, will strengthen our bond. So you know, why don't we play a card game? Why don't we do something inside together that we didn't have time or energy to do before? So let's get creative. Let's find something new to do or let's redecorate a room or play a game or watch a movie. Uh, so trying to be as creative as possible when things don't go your way, which happens a lot, and trying to find, well, how can we still make this fun and eventful? Perfect. And I did hear the thunder in the background, but I had this question predetermined and I didn't look at the radar. So, and we should tell everybody you're normally you're in sunny, beautiful Florida. So the fact that it's storming right now. Well, that's our summers. Our summers, we have storms every afternoon. So yes, a earlier yes. in the day than usual. Yeah. Um, what mantra do you say to yourself that keeps you going? Uh, one step at a time because I find and this week is a perfect example. It was so chaotic. There was so much going on, so much being thrown at me um, at work, at home, just in life. And it's so easy to get overwhelmed and I do get overwhelmed. I'm definitely not perfect and I get sensory overload. There's just too much coming. And then, so I have to take a deep breath and say, okay, one step at a time, you know, just take this one little bite-sized thing at a time you will get through this, but you can't tackle it all at once. So taking a little small step will eventually get you there, but it makes it easier to focus on the moment and be a little bit more mindful rather than be worried about the big cloud of things going on in the background. Well, it takes the anxiety out of it. I was wondering if you, you know, say that with your kids as well, because I know for me, I, you know, develop anxiety a lot. So saying one step at a time, certainly would help me in not feeling overwhelmed when the list of things you have to do is just, you know, piling up. So 
I love that. <laughs> well, Lindsay, thanks for joining me today. You are an inspiration to me personally, and I'm so excited to see all of your dreams become a reality. For wellness tips, follow Lindsay on Instagram. She's got the most unique handle ever. It's barbells and broccoli, which is barbells underscore N underscore broccoli. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. <laughs> and I will link to all of her social media on my pages as well. Stay tuned for more information about an upcoming Vibrant course. And again, I encourage everybody to check that out. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. Remember, your thoughts become your reality. You have all you need to begin to make your dreams come true. Dream it, believe it, manifest it. Have a great week and I'll talk to you again soon.